this morning Jesus hallelujah oh man you can be seated for just a minute if you can if you can listen I love that song hallelujah listen my name is Richard I'm the pastor and uh thank you for coming today and braving the elements my lovely wife Wendy's over there she's hallelujah mama pastor according to some people hey it's good to see you this morning I know it's cold I know all that we've got the heaters cranked up but you got so many layers on, it ain't going to matter, amen? So uh, today you actually may get hot if you got all those layers on. But listen, we're here to worship and have fun with Jesus. I know there's people tuned in online, but that's okay. We're going we're gonna to worship the Lord today, amen? So listen, there's a couple things in your bulletin. Uh, don't forget that if you're interested in becoming a member of the church, right out there in the middle, when you walk straight out, you'll see these little packets. It says member request, one per adult. Fill that out and get it back to me as soon as possible because we're going to have a meeting here soon and uh, because our annual meeting will be coming up at the end of March and uh, we want you to be able to be a part of that, amen? So fill that out. Uh, also, if you're visiting, make sure you fill out a card for us. We'd like to get in touch with you, uh, maybe send you something, send you a letter, you know, just try to stay up, up to date with what you're doing and uh, let you know with what we're doing, amen? So listen, I'm not going to go over a whole lot more of that. Um, if you are visiting with us, our children stay in service until after worship. So we get them, or we do allow them to sit in here and uh, worship with us and uh, have a good time as well. But they will go to the back after worship so they can have their own little, I think they're having a Valentine something today. So y'all can't go back. Y'all need to stay with me. The adults are stuck with me today. Um, but anyway, so, hey, we're going to move on to our next portion of, uh, of the service. And I don't like announcements anyways. Um, we're going to bless the Lord with our giving this morning. Amen. Anybody ready to bless the Lord with our giving? Amen. The drummer is. Hallelujah. And uh, so, listen, we bless the Lord with our giving because he instructed us to. Amen. He instructed us first to bring our tithes to the storehouse. And then he also give us, gives us many examples of bringing an offering on top of that. So here we believe in both. We believe in bringing tithes and we believe in bringing offerings on top. And that's why we're blessed. Amen. I'm blessed because of my giving. I can't outgive God. I make my living on my giving. Amen. And uh, for, for over 20 years, that's how me and my family has lived. And we've been blessed. Uh, abundantly because of our giving to the Lord and I never hold back from him so you know what today I want you to pray about your your gift our tithe belongs to the Lord but our offering we can purpose you know so today we're going to pray about that and uh, we're going to have some gentlemen that are going to come around uh, so when we do our offering you can give online you can give to newlifeag.church uh, the giving or there's a little text you could do and it'll bring you to the site or you could write out a check to new life uh, or even cash we still take cash amen uh, hallelujah so we've got all that way set up for you, but we're going to pray, and we're going to let our gentlemen come around, and they're going to take up the offering for us. We're teaching them young, amen. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that we get to come into your presence. 
Lord, and I thank you for your many blessings, God. And I thank you that you are watching over us even now. But Lord, today we want to bring our tithes and offerings to you. We want to bless you, Father. We want to bless you and watch you smile down upon us. So Lord, receive these gifts today as we bring them to you. Receive them and multiply them in the life of the giver, but also here in the life of the church that we can continue to reach out around the world, but especially right here in Marksville, Mansoura, Louisiana, to reach those that are lost and help feed those that are hungry. And we ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you agree with that this morning, shout an amen with me. Amen. amen. Well, thank you for giving. The guys are going to go ahead and run around and do that. And uh, listen, we're going to get ready to do some worship. So listen, if you are visiting with us, we do disinfect our facility between every service. We have a medical grade product that we use to do that. And we have flags up here on the front of each side. If you'd like to worship with the flag, if that's the way you like to worship, use the flag. But when you're done with it, just leave it on the floor or leave it on your chair because we do disinfect the flags as well. Uh, we try to make sure that we keep the facility as safe as possible. Amen. Um, this, this crazy virus that doesn't seem to ever want to go away, we just continue to pray against it and rebuke it in the name of Jesus and pray healing and health over all of our people. Hallelujah. Um, but you know what? We are so uh, try to walk in wisdom. And that's why we do all the disinfecting and, and the things that we do. Uh, so if you ever have any questions about our disinfecting and all that, just feel free to come see me because I, I fogged the building twice a week, so I know all about it. <laughs> so, amen. I think the guys are almost done. Hallelujah. Well, listen, let's stand up and get ready to uh, do some more worship. Amen. Anybody really ready to worship today? I know Terry is. Terry's been out, you know, hiding. Yeah, I know. I know. So we think we got our online stuff fixed. A few weeks ago, we had problems with it, or last Sunday, we had problems with it. Uh, it wasn't your fault, I promise. It was all us, uh, and we're, we're still working on that. Uh, but you know what? The, the thing is, is keep praying for our live stream because it, it's not only affecting people here in our community that watch it. We have people across this area. We have people in China and Korea and Vietnam and India and, yeah, we have people around the world that are tuning in to watch this. And we rebroadcast five times a day. And so people all through Europe and, you know, uh, it's nothing to have 30 people a service watching. But, but what's impressive to me is people around the world are seeing it. And we actually have people that contact us about salvations. Um, and and my, my normal is, is when, when somebody contacts me, especially here in the States, I connect with them and I find a local church for them. So we're, we're listen, people are getting saved. People are getting touched. And uh, we're just going to continue to reach out. But we just got to keep praying that, that God keeps that fiber connection going. Amen. Keep that computer working and those guys that are running it up there. Amen. So, come on. Y'all ready? Let's do some more worship. Sing it again. I stop 
for a second. I just want to give it up to the worship team right there. Most of y'all don't hear the fact that there is a serious rhythm change in the middle of that song that kills us, and they nailed it. I missed it, but that's okay. They nailed it. Uh, (laughs) There's a serious rhythm change in that song, and and I can tell you this, that there has been many times that we put that in the list, and after practicing it, we're like, scrap. (laughs) Because of that rhythm change, but they nailed it today. You guys are awesome. Awesome. What happens when you start worshiping God, man? Things just falls together, amen. Hallelujah. My drummer a second back there. He was getting his stuff. Thank you. 
Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love, oh God. Jesus. Mm. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. You know how much I don't like sitting down playing piano. I'm trying to get used to it, though. Thank you. 
till the very end. Come on, we're going to sing one more song, but it's a blessing this morning. Oh, Jesus. Father, we speak healing right now, Lord. We thank you for your healing power. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 
Come on, y'all can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, is he worthy? Is he worthy? Hallelujah. Come on, turn and give somebody a spiritual high five this morning, and, and you can go ahead and be seated. Where's our kiddos? They're going to start making their way to the back. Hallelujah. Jesus. All right, listen, if you're over 12, you can't go back there unless you're helping and teaching. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus. Let me get my water, and I'll start moving everything up here. The guys are going to get ready. Whew. You mean you can worship even when it's 20 degrees outside? Yep. You know, I, I saw a picture online, and I sent it to a buddy of mine. And uh, I don't know if y'all saw this or not. Let me get up this. Uh, it was a picture of a church they had cut out of snow, big snow drift, you know, and it had all the chairs. And, you know, a buddy of mine, he told me, he says, well, you do know my church has no heat. I'm like, what are you talking about? That church been there 50 years, man. He said, yeah, they installed gas heaters, but nobody ever ran the line to the building. <laughs> he said, we deal with this every year. And I'm like, what? You mean you deal with this every year, you know? And this morning, we were here, and we could not get heat to come out of these things. We tripped tripping breakers and come to find out they're wired a little different than they're supposed to be. We finally got some heat coming out of them, though. Hallelujah. Jesus, because y'all think it's cold now? <laughs> 7 o'clock this morning when them things had been running for about five hours, all they were doing was circulating cold. <laughs> so, listen, we have some gifts that we're going to give to you this morning. They go ahead. They're going to bring those out to our adults. And... Uh, Somebody in the church that doesn't want to be named uh, put some gifts together for us, and they wanted to bless you, and uh, they're, they're amazing. So uh, everybody can have one. The kids are going to get something different in the back. They even made that for them. Uh, but, yeah, there's some cool stuff in here, and I uh, just really like i got to pull this out because I left mine at home. There's some really cool blessings in there for you, so uh, I'm going to bring those out real quick, guys. So, over in your bulletin while they're doing that, uh, a lady that, uh, I, I, time to time I see, yeah, just go ahead and drop them off to them, yeah. Uh, just make sure you bring one to everybody. Christine Kane posted, so often we are paralyzed by fear of missing God's will. We literally do not move because we are waiting for 10 confirmations. You know, we, we want to do the whole fleece thing, Right? Lord, I'm going to put it on the ground, but uh, if it's wet all around it, but not underneath it or on top of it, on the side of it, you know, we come up with all kinds of things. But she said, here's the deal. Most times you are going to have to step out in faith to find out if it's God. God is big enough to redirect you if you're wrong. You know, I watched uh, one of, I have a few favorite Christian movies. I'm just going to tell you these things while they're uh, passing this stuff out for you. Uh, one of them is uh, Into the Harvest. Uh, it's a little short Cristiano film. Um, it is an amazing. It's about 25, 28 minutes, somewhere in there. I've watched that, I don't know, 100 times or more. And Dave, there's one scene in there that when it gets that part, I'm sliding out on the end of my chair because I know it's coming. And I'm like, come on, come, come on, come on. The movie's just amazing, Into the Harvest. You can find it on Amazon. Um, also, uh, another one is Faith Like Potatoes. If you've never seen that one, you need to go find it. Yeah, we watched it again last night. And uh, if you've never watched Faith Like Potatoes, you got to go watch it because that's exactly what it is. There had been a drought in the land of uh, the Zulu tribes in that area of Africa. And uh, God told him to plant t uh, potatoes. And everybody else was not planting anything. And they're like, nope, 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 because there's a drought. We're going to be in a drought. And potatoes take a lot of water to grow. And he planted potatoes, and those things were huge in the middle of a drought. And uh, so he was very well blessed, even though his own pastor was telling me, if you think it's God, man, I'm, you know, <laughs> he's one of those moments. So, but anyways, so enjoy the gifts in there. And I'm going to read to you what's on the little paper. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. It does not brag, and it is not proud. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. The love Paul is describing is this eloquent, poetic, well-known passage is agape love. It is different than brotherly love, phileo, or romantic love, eros. Agape love is godly love. Paul took great care and 
accurately delivering into the attributes of agape love and describing it in detail to the self-centered Corinthians. They needed a little bit of love explanation. Agape love is not a mere feeling, but an action-oriented lifestyle that we choose when we make the decision to follow God. Love means exercising patience and kindness and resisting jealousy and pride. Thank you for your patience and kind agape love toward me, dear Father. Thank you for your filling me with the same love and sending me out as your beloved child to a lost and loveless world. Rather than bragging about what I have or become jealous of what I don't, help me to recognize the incredible gift that love is. I want to joyfully share it with everyone. That is a prayer that we need to pray. It says, how can you demonstrate agape love to those closest to you today? Amen. So, so I, I want to appreciate or I want to say thank you to the person. Again, they did not want to be named. Uh, they just wanted to bless you. And I think it is a blessing. Amen. The children actually have something in the back that they made for the children as well. And then at the end of the service, the children have actually made something for you in children's church, and they're going to bring those out. So, man, y'all are getting all kind of stuff today. Does that mean is it going to be a hard sermon because we're loving on you so much? I don't know. We're going to see. So, you know, originally I had something else I was going to preach about, and I said, you know what? I'm going to change it to something else that fits a lot more with this bag and something that I, I think is still very needful. Uh, and the sermon that I, I had already started working on would still be perfect for, for next week. But I want to talk to you today about loving others. You know, last week I, I spoke on forgiveness, and uh, if you weren't here, I'm sorry because we tried to live stream it and it completely destroyed it. And we also uh, did an in-house recording on it, and that was just as bad. Um, at first, I was upset because, you know, I have a radio ministry, and I need all the content I can get because I have seven broadcasts a week, and I need those to keep up. <laughs> Trust me, I need stuff to fill, you know. And then after I sat there and thought about it for a little while, I said, you know, Lord, I shared some personal things in there that I don't generally share. And that radio broadcast covers my whole family down there and people I grew up with. And Holy Ghost, I'm glad that they're not going to hear it. <laughs> so, I, you know, uh, luckily I don't have to worry about that now because it's gone. But today I want us to speak a little bit on a different type. I know it's, it's Valentine's Day and I do not traditionally like to preach on, I don't like preaching about Christmas on Christmas, honestly. I just try to preach what I feel God wants me to, to speak but he gave me something he wants to show you in 1 Corinthians 13. And we're going to follow some of this. This is actually was really good. When I had started putting this together and I, was, I read this, I said, you know what? Yes. But God had showed me some things in there. We're going to read the first eight verses in 1 Corinthians. They're all in the NIV, and they should be in this, on the screen for you. So look what it says. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. So if you don't speak in love, you're going to be like that one that we have that's broken. It doesn't sound quite as good as that. We have one that's actually broken, and it doesn't sound good. So let's go keep going. Verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We're going to go back to these verses. Verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, oh, there we go, but do not have lo love, I gain nothing. Verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is, not easily ang it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Look at verse 8. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. We love looking at verse 4. Verse 5 and verse 6, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. 
You're not loving me. You're not being patient. We're, you know, that's, that's where we focus at. But can we focus on verse 1, 2, and 3 today? I, I want us to look at some things because, you know, being a minister, I, I, I communicate with other ministers, and, and I have ministers from many different denominations, I'll call it, and, you know, uh, don't want to use the word faith because they're still Christian faith. And, and I see people that speak in different ways, but they're walking in love. And so I want us to address a little bit of that today. Look, look back at 1 Corinthians 13, 1. I'm going to have it on the screen for you. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clangy cymbal. Does telling somebody what they need to hear, is that really speaking in love? Maybe. Maybe. Right? We need to look at our motives. We need to look at why we're doing things. You see, loving someone means that you're doing something not to pull them down or destroy them, and definitely not to make yourself look better. Most of the time, when, when we come across to somebody, we're trying to make ourselves look better because we're trying to pull them down. If you look in the, in the church, there, there's people that are flowing in, in gifts and they're doing all these different things. And, you know, I could be praying in the spirit. I could be doing all of that. But, but am I really walking in love toward other people or am I trying to make myself look better? That's not love. Look at your motives of why you're doing what you're doing. But definitely be honest with yourself. Can I tell you that you could do things with, with a self-seeking motive and lie to yourself all day long. Well, I didn't. I'm not trying to do that. But the fruits in your life show a whole different story. You're always trying to crawl over people to get where you're trying to go. You see, we want the love is patient, love is kind. That's, that's the great message we want to hear. But just because you're speaking with tongues of men and angels don't mean you're speaking in love. You need to look at what you're saying. Love is an action toward others, but it starts down in your spirit, flows through your heart, then through your mind and comes out. Because there's nothing good in man. You know what I tell people when I do premarital counseling? I have no idea where I heard this or if I just made it up myself. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, probably heard it because I'm not that smart, but, you know. I, I tell them, I say, listen, you did not fall in love. You fall in the ditch, you fall down, you fall in the mud, but you don't fall in love. Because if you fall in love, you can get up out of it. I'm falling in love with Jesus, then this won't last very long. See, love is something that's built. The more you understand and know the person, the more love there should be. And yes, there's many different types of love. And if we bring that back over to, to Jesus, I love more about him today. Why? Because I know more about him. Just like my wife, after 25 years of marriage, I love her more today. Why? Because I know more about her and there's more things to love. And she always wants me to name all of them. I'm like, baby, just, just roll with it. Just roll with it. You know. You know, 20 years ago, I would have been sad if she wasn't there. But after 25 years, I'm extremely sad when she's not there. Like we have this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on you for a second. I'll buy her something good now. We have this thing like, you know, we, we don't get out of the bed and sleep separate. Now, she's done it a couple times through the years. But the very first time I remember her doing that, not generally for medical or whatever we will, but... She got up and slept on the couch. I wait till she started falling asleep, and then I got on the couch with her. There's not enough room for both of us on here. I said, that's why I bought a bed. I didn't get married to sleep by myself. Of course, she still rolled over, but it was, I, I don't like sleeping by myself. I don't. If she's not in the bed, I'm not going to sleep well. I just, you didn't ask her. I do not. Why? Because I love her, and I like her being there, and I know she's right there with me the whole time. Even if I'm sleeping, I know she's there. Most of the time, if she even gets up, I know. Now, sometimes I may not be feeling well or sleeping too hard, but generally I know. She doesn't get to sneak out of bed. But you see, but it grows. So if we're standing here after how many ever years you've been serving the Lord and, and you're still struggling to speak 
but you want to come up and, and worship God and, and flow in the Spirit, but yet you have problems speaking in love, there's an issue. There's a disconnect in there. And we need to work it out. <sighs> Let's look at John chapter 13, 34. I want, to, I want to show you this one. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you. This is Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. She, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. And then again, if you love one, how many times did he need to say that in there? <laughs> you know, he could have done like the King James did in some other areas. Verily, 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 verily. Hey, listen up. That's, that's what it means. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Hey, listen up, listen up. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. Hey, wait a minute. Hasn't love been around all this time? Why is it a new commandment? Because now they're actually going to be able to love each other from the inside, not a friendship love. Now they're going to understand what true love is because their spirit, again, love comes from inside your spirit and permeates into your body because there's nothing good in you. If you could have loved people unconditionally, you wouldn't have needed Jesus. I don't know about you, but before Jesus, I didn't like people very much. I preferred to be by myself. I was a loner. Had no problems with it. But now people will know us by our love. Do people know you by your love or by your anger and your outspurts? How do people know you? All right, I'm going to move on. Getting quiet. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Look at these. We're just going to, we're going to touch base on these today. I'll let you turn there if you want to look. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. You know what I thought of when, when I read that scripture right there? I thought of the fact that, you know, there, there is another scripture, and I didn't put the address in there, that, that Jesus told them, he said, depart from me. And they said, well, Lord, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we raise the dead in your name? Didn't we do many great miracles in your name? And then he says, yeah, but depart from me because I never knew you. If there's no love flowing through your life, do you know the God of love? If Jesus lives inside of you, shouldn't you ooze love? Just a thing. That doesn't mean we're perfect. Right? We haven't got there yet. But we should be working on it. If I can move mountains, but I'm just completely rude to everybody, is, is that love? I've heard ministers where prophets are always rude. And I just begin to ask, Why? Why do they have to be rude? Well, they're speaking truth, and sometimes it comes out that way. Well, I can understand that, but why are they rude everywhere else? So I just begin to ask that question to people. Just because you flow in the gifts of the Spirit doesn't mean you have to be rude. Now, if God gives me a word that way, then, then I will tell somebody that, you know what, I, this is going to sound kind of odd to you, but this is what I hear God want me to tell you. And you share that, but... Just because you can flow in those gifts and you're rude and obnoxious to people doesn't mean that you're a prophet or anything else. We've got to ooze love. We've got to ooze love. And I'm going to move off of that one. I don't want to take all day on that. But one more real thing I want us to look at. Mark 16. This is, is the key of why we need to focus on the first three verses as much as we focus on the last four. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is all of those things. But if we can't operate in the gifts and operate in the spirit and flow, are we going to be any good? You see, I've told that to ministers before. Listen, I'm not trying to dumb down the gospel. I'm not trying to, to take away its effectiveness or its bite or anything. But if the world hates me, are anybody going to listen to me? No. Why? Because people want to listen to you because they like you. Is the message of the gospel offensive? Always. Always. But you know what? 
I can be all things to all people so that I might win a few. I, I don't have to be so offensive to the world with the gospel on me. You know, I, I can remember a, a church that everywhere they went, they were sharing the gospel and it was great. But the problem was they, they rubbed everybody raw all the time. How many people were really listening? Well, the, the gospel was doing its work. Sure, maybe it was, but, you know, uh, I, I can't keep pulling the bait out of the fish's mouth. Eventually, he's not going to try to bite it anymore. You see, we've got to operate in love because look at what he says here in Mark 16, verse 15. Commission. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we have to do that. Whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not be hurt. It won't hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. But look back at verse 15. Go in all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What is the gospel? Gospel of love. Why did Jesus come? Because he felt sorry for us? No, because the Father loves us. We all know that scripture. God so loved the world, love, that he was willing to send his only son. And we want to walk around as if, you know, he's still working on me. Make me what I ought to be. Right? See, I know a few of those old songs. Not even grew up with them. And we want to make excuses for why we're not walking in love. Guys, if we want to walk in power, if we want to have that, that mountain-moving faith, we have to walk in love. Everything starts with love. I can walk up to you on the streets and tell you about Jesus, even though you're completely rude to me, man, I can, I can show you love. And you know what? What happens is, is, is my best friend in high school, many years later, he, he told me a story. I had run away from church after being saved for about a year and a half, and I was trying to hide from God. And we're out there playing basketball, and I've never been a basketball player. Jeremy was an amazing basketball player, and, and probably still is. His, his son just finished his senior year at LSU, and is probably going to the NFL. He, his, his mother it was an amazing athlete as well. But years later, Jeremy told me he was practicing with a squad up in Tennessee. He was trying to get onto the European League uh, NBA over in Europe. And he said, you know, he said, I was playing ball with these guys one day, and he said, uh, he said there was something about them. And I finally stopped him. He said, listen, I've seen this on my best friend, and I just don't know what it is. What is it about you guys? I said, what do you mean? I, you're just, you're different. There's something about you. You're different. Well, that's the love of Christ that's coming out of us. And he got saved. But it started many years earlier when he saw the love of Christ on me, this little backslidden boy that was trying to run from God. <laughs> he saw it on me. You see, people should see that on you. They should see your care and your concern. Too many times we want to just give things and say, well, I gave my money, y'all go take care of it. I've done my part. Or, or we say, well, listen, it's not my part to go preach the gospel. I just pray for people. You see, love does all of these things. Love says, I'll give and I'll still go. Because love never has an end. How far, how far can love bring you? It brought Jesus to the cross. It brought him to, to die and, and go down to, to the pit and to come back. Why? Because he loves us that much. He was willing to go no matter how far it took. How far are you willing to go to love someone? And that's your challenge today. Don't just look at, at 1 Corinthians as, as we normally do. Look at the other half of it that says, God, God wants me to have mountain-moving faith. Well, i got to operate in love. God wants me to flow in the spirit of the gifts of prophecy and healing, but I've got to have love. Why are you praying healing on that person? So everybody will recognize you? Or are you praying for healing on that person because they need to be healed? See, that was one of the things about faith like potatoes that I've always loved and I found interesting. And, and I'd, I'd love to know if it was really written in there this way or not. Uh, it's based on a true story, by the way. But there, there's a... Uh, a part at the beginning where they go get him after he gets saved. This, this, this Scottish guy finally gets saved. And, and in the middle of the night, there was, there was a loud uh, 
thunder crack just off the distance, and they come, the Zulu people come and get him. She got struck by lightning. She's dead. Come. Have your God take care of her. So he goes over. He has no idea what to do. But he has the love of Christ oozing out of him. And he's down there bawling, just crying out for God. Crying out for God. And this young lady comes back to life. And now they're all like, ooh. But later on in the story, there's an accident where his nephew is killed in an accident. But I don't see him in that instance ever cry out to God. All he does is sit there and cry and call the child's name. And I've often wondered, could that child have lived? I don't know. But I saw it at the beginning, and then I saw it, and I, don't, I often wondered if they made a point of doing it that way to prove a point to us. And how many people even noticed it? Listen, when we walk around, when we give somebody food, when we give them money, when we share the gospel with them, if our heart is not broken for them, why are you doing it? If you give somebody your last $5, why did you do it? Well, I just felt God wanted me to do it. Well, that's a good reason. But if your heart's not broken for them, what's the deal? See, I've told this to ministers before, and I'll share a trick with you about this. You know how I know when, when it's time to move on as a, as a minister? Maybe God's having me move from one ministry to another or another place. Like when we moved from Eunice to come here, I had been in that church for 12 years, seven years on staff as a youth pastor, was, you know, at the high school coaching and all those things, because my heart started separating from the place. My heart started separating. Well, what do you mean by that? Listen, I, I, could, I couldn't walk without trying to find somebody that needed Jesus. Everything I did was to try to find another opportunity to share the gospel. Just trying to find another opportunity for that community. But as my heart started waning from there, I didn't have what I'll call the love for those people anymore. You see what I'm saying? They're, they're, it, and, and all of a sudden it began to pull back and I told my wife, I said, I think it's, you know, God's gonna be shifting us out of here because my heart's not drawn to them the way it once was that I would give everything I had and, and all my time and all of this for those people, for those youth and for all that. And see, here I'm the same way. In this community, I, I feel the same way. Is as my heart is in this community. And I remember telling the devil one time, there was, you know, after the tornado and there was just things going on, and I could feel that oppression like the devil was trying to run me out of town. I just felt that. And you know what I finally told the devil? I said, devil, listen, God called me to the Marksville, Mansura area just so happens to be that church. If I walk away from that church, I'm not leaving the area, so you're still going to lose. <laughs> and guess what happened? He backed off. Why? Because my heart was drawn. Is your heart broken for people? Do you love them that way? I don't care what, I don't, I don't like, I'll put it that way, what, what I see with some of the homeless people. You know, you try to give them something. Well, I don't want that. Man, that aggravates me to no end. But it still doesn't make me love them any less. See, John 3.16, they're going to put that up there. Just, just remember what it said. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loved the world that he gave. And it's our job to go show that love. And if we don't look any different than the world, why do we want to be a part of it? I used to tell that to churches. Why I want to be like you guys. Number one, I get to sleep in on Sunday. But I see y'all out in the club with me. And y'all up early on Sunday. <laughs> Just saying. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And watch the, vet, the next one. For God, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But why? To save the world through him. And God wants to use you and me to reach this world. And I've told you and, I, and I'll continue to tell you, if the only reason you were saved was to get to heaven then God should have killed you right after that because he, he would have had a better track record with you. Because if you're like me, which I'm sure you are, there's a while where it kind of does this. And if the only reason Jesus died was just to get me to heaven, then when I said, Jesus, forgive me, he should have just brought me to heaven right there. But he did not. Why? Because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And it is to walk on this earth and emulate who? The one who died on that cross. And that man walked in love. 
Even when he turned the tables over, he walked in love. Even when he was on the cross, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. He did all of these things. So today I want to I pray this, this prayer with you. You want to go see how the children are and get them to get, start getting ready for their stuff. I want to ask you this question before I move on. If you're here and you're in this place today or maybe you're online, you can send us a message and you do not know how Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Listen, the Bible tells me that I am to confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I am to confess with my, my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came on this earth, he lived, he died, and he rose again. I confess those things, but I have to believe in my heart that he's also the God that will forgive me, and I have to ask him for that. And if you can do those things, if you can ask him to be your Lord and Savior and ask him, ask him to, to forgive you of your sins, the Bible says that all angels are, are rejoicing in heaven. There's a big party over just one, over one. Why? Because there's another life that's been spared and saved from the place called hell. And then we get to live a life sharing the love of Christ on what God has done for me. You know why I preach? God called me to. But I was already telling people what God had done for me. I just didn't have a microphone and I didn't need one. Amen. So listen, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Rich, I, I don't know Jesus like that. I want to know him today. Just slip your hand up real quick because I want to pray with you after service. I'm going to lead you in a prayer now, but I want to pray with you after service to connect with you. So if you're here and say, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior like that, I want to today. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're online and you do that, just send a message to me and I'll connect with you. But I want to pray for us, and I want to pray the prayer off of this this morning. Can I do that? Come on, let me pray this over you this morning. Father, thank you for your patience and kind agape love toward me, dear Father. Thank you for filling me with the same love and sending me out as you, as your beloved child to a lost and loveless world. Rather than bragging about what I have or being jealous of what I don't, help me today to recognize the incredible gift that love is. I want to joyfully share it with everyone. Amen. That's an awesome prayer right there. Again, I didn't write it. Well, listen, our children are going to get ready to come and give you a gift that they built themselves or made, I guess would be a better, uh, of course, with the help of the leaders. Uh, I don't know. They're pretty good, though. Uh, so they want to come and bless you today. We will not have service on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be here probably doing some things, but, you know, we'll just say it that way because who knows what's going to happen Wednesday. It could be 80 degrees. This is Louisiana. Uh, but y'all just pray the mosquitoes die. Hallelujah. Uh, so, hey, listen, we're going to tune off on our online service. We love you guys. Our children are going to come around and do their stuff. Listen, Wednesday, I will have a service online for you. But uh, if you need Jesus, still come by the church. We'll probably be here. Amen. Bless you online.